The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. I don't want a lot for podcastmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the podcast mystery. I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. Baby, all I want for podcastmas is you. Yeah. What is up? Welcome to Podcast Miss Day 5. I was trying to think of a song. Oh, okay. I don't have one. So, hello. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a song prepared either, so. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Probably not. Um, as Podcast Miss continues, we get more exhausted. We're only on day 5, More so. frantic, I know. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it through, but I'm so tired. Just literally exhausted. Well, these next days, you won't be working, so. No, that's true. That's why I'm exhausted, because we're trying to finish through podcast mess, and I'm also working until two in the morning. Right. So, uh, if you can hear the hum of a dryer in the background, I apologize, but um, I had to wash my work clothes, so I brought them to Ashley's and threw them in the washer, and now they're in the dryer, so that I can go to work when we finish recording this. My dryer's pretty loud, so my bad. That's really my bad. It's my washer and dryer I gave you. No, that's my oh, landlord's. Not? Oh, no. just kidding. Yours is in the shed. Mine's in the shed. Okay. That makes sense. Mine didn't open down. Yeah. You're correct. Anyway, onward. Are we ready to jump into this case? I think so. I think so as well. Ashley apparently has no idea. You guys are going to know immediately this case, I think. But Ashley has no idea what I'm talking about because she's clearly like a true crime noob. I don't know. Clearly. Clearly. So uh, today we're going to talk about Travis Alexander and our fifth day of stalking victims. All right. Travis Victor Alexander was born July 28th, 1977 in Riverside, California to Pamela. I have such a hard time saying Pamela. Pamela. I know. There's no why. <laughs> I know. To Pamela. There you go. And Gary Alexander. He was one of eight children. At a young age, he moved in with his paternal grandparents. And after his father passed in 1997, his other seven siblings came to live with their grandparents as well. Uh, Jody Ann Arias was born July 9th, 1980 in Salinas, California to William and Sandra Arias. Depending on the day, Jody claims to have had a perfect childhood. Other times, she accuses her parents of being abusive. So it's unsure, which is actually true. But her parents claim there was no abuse in Jody's life. Regardless, by eighth grade, Jody had lost all trust with her parents, and the relationship became a very strained. She had begun smoking pot, and her parents actually found that she was growing her own weed. In what grade? Eighth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, as a way to, like, scare her, they called the sheriff on her, and had the sheriff, like, come and try and, like, scare her, so that's why she lost all trust in her parents. Okay. Well, see both sides of that. Yeah. So, by 16, Jody dropped out of high school and moved out. 
She was living with her boyfriend, Bobby, and at 16 years old, she was the breadwinner paying for her and Bobby's trailer and the rest of their bills with the money she made working at Denny's. Nice. Uh, Jody continued to work odd jobs until she ended up getting a job in sales at prepaid legal. Obviously, by that point, I'm thinking she ditched Bobby. It didn't make any more mention of him, but he was mentioned in the beginning that she moved out with him in at 16 and paid all of his bills. Um, at Denny's. I love Denny's. Yeah. I miss I'm, it. I haven't been to Denny's in a long time. Our Denny's closed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used Very to love sad. Denny's. So in September 2006, Jody attended a work conference in Las Vegas for prepaid legal where she met Travis. Are you familiar with prepaid legal? No. I have no idea what that is. That's mom and dad did prepaid legal. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. That's why, like I said that to mom. I was like, you know, short for prepaid legal. And mom was like, okay. Like she had no idea what I was talking about, but they did prepaid legal. Right? I mean, like, I didn't know that's what it was called, but I remember them doing right? something about Isn't lawyers. Isn't that what it was called? I think it was called prepaid legal. I don't know. I think it was. They used to wear fancy business clothes. Yes. And go to meetings. Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't remember what, I don't know what I it is. It was, I think it was prepaid legal. Um... Anyway, so that's what she did. She was going to a conference for prepaid legal in Las Vegas, and that's where she met Travis Alexander. Could you tell us what prepaid legal is? Uh, from my understanding, prepaid legal is like an MLM. I thought, but I could be completely wrong. I thought it was like an MLM where you like pre-sold um, legal things. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a good. No, I think it was like essentially like having an attorney on retainer at all times. Hmm. It was like insurance, like prepaid legal insurance. Right? Well, they are now called Legal Shield. Yes. It's an American corporation that sells legal service product directly to consumer through employer groups and through multi level marketing. Yes. There you go. It's an MLM, like I said. Hmm. Okay. Like I said, though, I think it was just like like legal insurance is what I kind of took it as. Like you paid for the services ahead of time before you actually needed legal services. So that way, if you were to need legal services, it was already paid for. Right. That right? makes sense. That's what I was thinking it was. Could be completely wrong on that. If you work for prepaid legal, let me know. But that's what I thought. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was that lucrative of a business, but I mean, Travis seemed to be doing well at it, and I guess Jody did too. Okay. So anyway, uh, Jody goes to this conference in Las Vegas. That's where she meets Travis. Uh, Travis is a salesman for prepaid legal, and he's also a motivational speaker for prepaid legal. Travis invites Jody to be his plus one to an event, and the two hit it off pretty immediately. Travis was impressed with Jody. She was a very charming person. Uh, the two stayed up talking until four o'clock in the morning. Travis was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Jody, who had been raised Christian, pretty quickly made the decision to convert to Mormonism. Travis was ecstatic about this. Uh, he even baptized Jody himself on November 26, 2006. It's getting pretty fast. Yeah. So it seems that the two have a very promising uh, future together. But yeah, I mean, that is quick, because what did I say? The September of 2006, they meet, and then November, she converts to Mormonism. Yeah, that's quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... The two have a promising future. They are inseparable. And when they weren't together, they were constantly in contact. It's reported that over the course of their relationship, they sent over 80,000 emails. That's a lot of emails. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, holy crap, that's a lot of emails. And I think their entire relationship was the course of like a year and a half. So, I mean, that's a lot of emails. Yeah. A year and a half. Let's do some math there. How many is that? 80,000. It's like 4,500 4, emails a month. That's a lot of emails. Yeah. It's like 150 emails a day. I mean, but think about it. Like, I know they're not in, like, high school, but, like, think about how much, like, you used to text your boyfriends, like, in high school. I mean, yeah, 100%, but I don't think I text any boyfriends 150 times a day. That's a lot of emails. I mean. That's a lot, Ashley. I don't know. 
I guess. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, if it's just, like, short, like, a conversation, you know? Like, yeah, I guess. Like, aim. Like, I don't know what they're Well, they doing. did that, too. That's what I'm saying. They did that, too. They used, uh, I think it was Google Instant Chats messages. or something. Like, they used a chat service as well. This was just email, though. Oh, okay. Well, Like, that wasn't their lot. only form of communication. Okay. Either way, though, I just thought 80,000 was a lot. I was yeah. like, that's a lot of freaking emails. Uh, so I said here, that's dedication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is. So in the beginning, of the relationship in the beginning of the relationship, Jody and Travis were long distance. Travis lived in Massa, Arizona, and Jody was still in California. At first, everyone was really impressed with Jody. Like I said, she's really charming. Uh, but pretty quickly, Travis's friends grew concerned for the relationship. Travis had a married couple named Sky and Chris Hughes um, that he was pretty close friends with. During Jody and Travis's relationship, they would actually meet at Sky and Chris's house so often that Chris and Sky actually had rooms for them to stay in. Oh. And remember, they're Mormons, so they had separate rooms. Right, of course. So it was during these visits that the friends grew concerned of how toxic Jody and Travis's relationship was. While Jody and Travis were there, Sky noticed how possessive Jody was over Travis. She didn't want him talking to other people. She'd always need to sit right next to him. She wanted to make sure that everyone was very aware that the two of them were a couple when they were out. Jody would listen in on Travis's conversations, even to the point where she was listening through doors. Hmm. She would follow him around. Chris and Sky decided they needed to talk to Travis about their concerns. Uh, but Travis said, you know, he didn't see the same concerns they did. So while they were having this conversation, though, Sky heard noises outside of the door. And when Travis opened the door, Jody was on the other side listening. <laughs> so just proved that Sky and Chris were not crazy, but this was an actual issue. While Jody's possessive behavior was an issue, there was more trouble in paradise. Even though Jody had converted to Mormonism, the two were partaking in premarital sex, which in the Mormon religion is not acceptable. And so because of this, Travis was concerned that their relationship could never be pure enough to result in marriage. And it wasn't just normal sex. I shouldn't say that. Let me let me rephrase that. It wasn't just sex that was the issue. The issue is, is they were having dirty, kinky sex. Okay. So, like, bondage. Like, Travis wanted to, like, at one point he talked about wanting to, like, tie her to a tree. Which, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that if that's what you're into. But, like, from a Mormon perspective, he felt that it was not pure. Right. If that makes sense. And it was a really big struggle for him. Like, with his faith. Right. That... He was, he was, like, having a crisis. Yes. Yes, a moral crisis, 100%. So, in June of 2007, Travis actually ends up breaking things off with Jody. Um, She did not like that. That did not sit well with her. So, she decided to actually uproot her life and move to Arizona to be closer to Travis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Travis actually seemed to be okay with this. While he didn't want to date Jody, he continued having a sexual relationship with her. Uh, she would even let herself into his home at night and get into bed with him. And to me, that's a huge red flag. But again, Travis seemed to be okay with it. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say this was probably confusing for Jody. Uh, Travis was just in it for the sex at this point, and he actually started beginning new relationships. But obviously, I don't know. I think women and men are different when it comes to, like, sexual relationships. Um, I agree. A lot of men can just be in a relationship for sex. As to where for women, it's like an emotional bond. So I think for Jody, like, she kind of thought if she just kept sleeping with him, they'd get back together. Right. And that's obviously just my opinion, but I can see why she would feel that way. Because I think a lot of women think that that is, like, an answer. As for men can be, like, completely unemotionally involved and still have sex with you. Right. So, anyway, Travis starts this new relationship. Um, his new girlfriend pretty quickly begins uh, being stalked by someone. They would leave her threatening messages, even come to her house and bang on her doors and windows at night. And at the same time, Travis was having some issues of his own. The tires of his car had been slashed numerous times, and he thought whoever was stalking his new girlfriend was probably also responsible for slashing his tires. That would make sense. Obviously, Travis's friends were like, you know, hello, it's Jody. 
And Travis agreed, but what was he supposed to do about it? Jody denied that she had anything to do with the stalking, and Jody decided to prove to Travis it wasn't her. And in order to prove that, she moved back to California. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. She must have been pretty good at prepaid legal because she's just like uprooting her whole life. Right. It's expensive to move across the country. Right. right. I well, guess I mean, it's not, not really across the country, the country right. but I mean, either way, it's expensive to move across state lines. Right. It's expensive to move down the road. Yeah. Got those deposits and rentals of moving vehicles. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, really, that should be the end of the story. Right? Jody's like, I'm not stalking you. Move across the country. Not across the country, but to California from Arizona. She's like, you know, I'm going to cut all ties. But obviously, that's not the end. Right. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and take an ad break. Do-do-do. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, back from that ad. So, uh, on Jody's back in California now, and this is where things really start to uh, take a big turn. So, on May 26th of 2008, Jody and Travis, they're still in communication, even though she's moved. Um, they're staying in touch. On May 26th of 2008, Jody and Travis are having serious fights via email and that chats that I was talking about that they were doing. Travis is upset with Jody for flirting with other people. So, again, like, this is probably confusing for Jody because Travis is like, I'm done with you, but then he's going to get mad at her because she's starting talking to other people. Right. But, like, he has a girlfriend, too. Right. He doesn't want her, but he doesn't want anyone else to have her. Right. Probably confusing for her. So, anyway, Jody's like, whatever. She's started seeing this new guy. His name's Ryan Burns, and he lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. Also confusing to me of why Jody couldn't just find someone close to her. I don't know why she's in these, like, long-distance relationships. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. Jody's planning a trip to see him, and also she's going to attend another prepaid legal convention in Utah. So on June 5th, Jody um, arrives in Utah. When Jody arrived, Ryan was confused because Jody, who had always been blonde, was now brunette. And she also had cuts all over her hands. But she said it was because of bartending. Okay. I know you've never bartended, but you did wait tables. Mm-hmm. I have bartended. Mm-hmm. Never did I get a bunch of cuts in my hands from no. bartending. I don't know how that would happen. No. Either do I. Like, at all. I mean, like, I've caught myself bartending. Yeah. A cut. Occasionally. Yeah. But not, like, multiple cuts. It's not, like, a normal. It's not like you're... Mm -mm. Sticking your hand in a trash can of... Right. A trash can of broken beer bottles. I mean, no. Right. I don't know why she would have cuts all over her hands, but whatever. He didn't seem to question it. He just was like, that's weird. I've never been a bartender. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. That was weird to me. Uh, on June 6th, Jody left Salt Lake City and headed back to California. Really quick trip, too. I don't know how far California is to Utah. I should have looked that up. I don't know. I guess it shouldn't be that far, right? I mean, I would think not, but I don't know. I'm really bad with geography. I know. Me, too. I got the East Coast down, Pat. Where? She was going to Salt Lake City? Mm-hmm. Where did she live in California? I don't know. California is really Sol- big. Salinas? Or is that what I said? I think I said Salinas. Or something to that effect. It's about 800 miles. Yeah, so that's, that's a long 1100, drive. 1100, 11 and a half hours. That's a long drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's not doable. But that's. I mean, she literally arrived on the 5th and then went home on the 6th. 
And there's time differences. Right. Like they're in different time zones because it has a little notification that says root crosses time zones. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that's a pretty. Yeah. For that short or for that long of a distance, that's a really short trip. Yeah. Regardless, whatever. Um, she heads out of Salt Lake City on June 6th. And on her way home, she calls Travis multiple times and leaves messages, but she's not able to get in touch with him. On June 9th, after not being able to reach Travis, his friend group grows concerned. So they go to check on him. When they arrived, they saw that his dog was inside and the lights were on, but he didn't answer the door. One of Travis's friends knew the code to Travis's garage, so they entered the home that way. When they entered his garage, they saw that his car was still there. In his office, his keys and cell phone were on the desk. And as they went through the house, they actually realized that Travis's roommate was home, so I'm not really sure why the heck he didn't answer the door. Uh, maybe but, he was sleeping? No, he was watching a movie or something, I said, but I still feel like you could hear the doorbell. Uh, I don't answer my door. Okay, well. Ever. That's true. I don't answer my door either. I check my ring. If it's someone I know, I let them in. But right. also, people don't come to my house without telling me they're coming. Right. And when they do, actually, the only person that does that is Sterling. He shows up at my house. <laughs> it's really annoying to me. And I tell him, don't do that. He doesn't care, though. I know. He does what he wants. I'm aware. But, um, so, I forgot where he was. Oh, his roommate. So, they asked the roommate, like, hey, where's Travis? And he was like, oh, I thought Travis was in Cancun. What? Yeah. So, Travis had actually been planning a trip to, a trip to Cancun. But his friends would know if he was in Cancun. So I think the issue is, is that he was planning to go to Cancun with a female friend. Okay. So Travis had been planning a trip to Cancun with a female friend. Okay. I don't know that it was necessarily someone that he was dating, but it was someone that like he was interested in being in a relationship with. But I didn't find that they were actually like an item. Um, but he just like never showed up. That's interesting that he was going to go to Cancun with somebody he was not in a relationship with. I agree, but that's kind of what my understanding was, is that they weren't actually in a relationship, that they were just, like, somebody he wanted to be in a relationship with. It was someone from the church, the Mormon church that he went to. Well, you guys go. You do your thing. But anyway, so he was supposed to go to Cancun, but he never showed up. And so his roommate didn't know that. He just thought he was in Cancun, so wasn't really concerned. Uh, So the friend group, now with the roommate, heads down the hall to Travis's bedroom. As soon as they enter Travis's room, there is blood. In the master bedroom. Once they enter the bathroom, uh, there's blood everywhere. And Travis Alexander's body was slumped over in the shower. He had been stabbed 27 times. His throat had been slit, uh, nearly decapitating him. It was slit from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. And he had a single gunshot wound to the head. That's some overkill. Yes. Okay, so his roommate didn't smell anything? Right. That's what I thought. It had been... I mean, days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've never been around a dead body, but... I don't know how quickly it starts to smell, but that's kind of what I thought, too. Like, I'm going to Google that. Okay. How long it takes for a dead body to smell? Yeah. I just feel like the things Should we I not Google... Google... That? <laughs> okay, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> raise some red flags. I'll Google it. I mean, I'm already probably on a no-fly list somewhere. Mm, yeah, it says decomposition begins within 24 to 48 hours. Right. So, how did he not smell it? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. See what this says. Uh, I don't actually know how to say this word, but it says four to ten days after death. What is the word? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's P-U-T-R-E-F-A-C-T-I-O-N. It's like putrefaction. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe No, I don't know if it's putrefaction because it's P-U-T-R-E. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know. I can't see the word. It's not putrefaction because it's... Uh, P-U-T-R-E-F-A-C-T-I-O-N. I'll text it to you. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. We're not to say it. 
But it says that normally takes that normally sets in between four to ten days, depending on the condition. Um, it's determined by the green discoloration of the skin near the cadaver's large intestine and or liver. Putrefaction. Putrefaction. There we go. Thank you. Putrefaction. So putrefaction sets in and intensifies around four to ten days. So at this point, he would have definitely been in putrefaction. Yeah, I would think say. he would definitely be smelly. I would think so as well. But also, this is the house of two men. Maybe their house always smelled. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean. No offense to the men that listen. Yeah, no offense <laughs> to the men that listen, but I'm just thinking like a bachelor pad. I mean. Yeah. He could have just thought it was like dirty laundry, honestly. Yeah, okay. I mean, especially considering this is probably at the beginning. I don't know. From what I've heard, dead bodies smell. Yeah. Horribly. Yeah. Like a smell you'll never forget. That's what I was thinking, but. So, I don't know. I've never smelt decomposition. I don't want to. Yeah. I hope to never have that occur in anything, any kind of decomposition, honestly. Yes, I agree. Okay. So, anyway, overkill for sure. So, during the investigation, obviously, they called the police. Right. Obviously. During the investigation, police found a bloody handprint on the wall, dark hairs in the sink and drain, and a camera in the washing machine. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the camera was actually Travis's camera, and it was a newly purchased, like, nice camera. Not like a disposable, but an right. actual, you know, nice digital camera. Uh, police were able to recover deleted images from the SD card in the camera. And the photos tell a story of July 4th, 2008. Hmm. They started around 1.40 p.m. with Jody and Travis in sexually suggestive poses. Uh, there are more photos throughout the day of the two of them. And then at around 5.29 p.m., there's a picture of Travis alive in the shower. Okay. Moments later, there are images of Travis profusely bleeding on the bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. Why? What do you why mean why? Why is Jody taking these pictures? I don't know. I didn't say Jody took the pictures. Okay. Whoever is taking these pictures, why are they taking the pictures? That's gross. don't know. Okay. I have Continue. No I have no clue. Uh, police did test the bloody palm print, and it contained DNA for both Jody and Travis. And on July 9th of 2008, Jody was indicted by a grand jury in Marisopa County, Arizona for first degree murder. She would then be arrested in her home in California on July 15th, six days later, and extradited to Arizona. During Jody's interrogation, uh, she did some odd things. Okay. She randomly started singing Oh Holy Night. It was July. So not Christmas time. Kind of weird. Um, she would talk to herself. Um, I read something that said she would say, like, you got what you deserve, brat. All right. Kind of weird. Um, and then also at one point she got up and did a headstand. Okay. Prior to being arrested, Jody had actually called police and offered to help any way she could, which was strange. Um, but she obviously tells police she had nothing to do with Travis's murder and says that she hasn't even seen Travis since April. Well, that's not true. Um, I mean, that's what she says. That's her story. Also, she was in Utah. Yeah, but there's pictures of them together. Right, but she was in Utah. Well, but she was not legal. So... Uh, please tell her they actually have photos of her and Travis on July, on June 4th. And she's like, well, photo timestamps can be changed. Mm-hmm. Which is true. You can set the date and time in your camera. Okay. So. If he set the date wrong. Yeah, if he set the date wrong. Um, and they're like, well, we also have your DNA in a bloody handprint. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I did see him. Uh, she says that she called Travis on her way to Utah and that she was driving through Arizona. And she told him she wanted to see him. And he wanted to see her, too. So she drove to his house, and she arrived around 3 a.m. The two talked, and then they fell asleep together. They woke up later that day and had some sexual intercourse, and that's when they took those sexual photos. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to take a shower together. While they were in the shower, all of a sudden, Travis fell to the floor, slumped over, and Jody realized he had been shot. Not that she heard a gunshot. 
He just fell to the floor, and she realized he'd been shot. Okay. So when she turned around, she saw two masked intruders in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. One was a woman, and one was a man. Mm-hmm. The woman took Jody to Travis's closet, and that's where there was a struggle. That's how she got all those cuts on her hand. Okay. And then the man came in and told the woman, we aren't here for her. We're here for Travis. But they told her if she told anyone, they'd kill her. And they let her go. So she, of course, took off, and she just went to Utah for the conference like nothing had happened. Hmm. And police are like, what the fuck? Obviously, I ad-libbed that, but... Yeah, maybe a little, but that's probably what Seriously, thinking. I'm thinking that's a horrible defense. Like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Had any of this happened, why would she have not immediately called the police? They told her they would kill her. Okay, but she's so in love with Travis. Right. I... She should be devastated and exactly. want to do whatever she can. Exactly. And also, how is she not, like, a wreck arriving in Utah? Right. Had this occurred. Right. Um... Travis's body was not found for five days. So, I mean, she 100% had time to report that. And she called the police and said she'd help any way she could. Right. So, she talked to them. Right. And, yeah. So, they're like, we're not buying this. And she's like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. That's not what happened. Travis was actually abusive. Mm. So, she tells the story the same, you know, same way. She called Travis on her way through, wanted to see him. He's like, yeah, come on over. They talk till three. She falls asleep. They wake up. They have sex. They get in the shower. And she says when she's in the shower, she accidentally dropped Travis's camera. And he was livid at her. And she just saw the rage in his eyes. He was calling her stupid. He was screaming at her. And she was fearful for her life. So she ran into his closet, got his gun, and shot him. She says that uh, he'd kicked her and hit her before on numerous occasions. At one point, he'd, like, kicked her or hit her and broke her finger. He'd, like, kicked her in the stomach. So she was really terrified that he was going to kill her. Uh, And she says that after she shot him, he just kept coming at her. So then she had to stab him. 27 times. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the issue with this, though, is that Travis had been shot in the head Mm -hmm. right above his eyebrow. So it's highly unlikely that he would have come at her after being shot. Right. On top of that, she had stabbed him 27 times. And at least 13 of those times was in his back, which indicates that he was trying to get away from her. Right. So obviously, they charged Jody with Travis's murder. And this case is going to go to trial. Uh, opening arguments begin on January 2nd, 2013, which is four years after Travis's gruesome murder. Sometimes it just blows me away, like how long these cases take to go to trial. Yeah. Like, what are they doing in the meantime? I assume she probably wasn't eligible for, like, bail of any kind. I mean, you would think not, but I don't know. I don't know. So, obviously, we know that Jody killed Travis. I mean, there's no question there. Like, we know she killed him. Right. The biggest question in the case, though, is was it premeditated? That's really what they want to focus on. So, the defense says no. This was a crime of passion. But during the trial, one of Jody's ex-boyfriends comes forward and testifies that before Jody left for her trip, she asked him to get her gas cans to take with her, and that he'd actually given her two cans of gas. So this indicates that Jody was attempting to travel through Arizona without leaving a paper trail, and therefore it was a premeditated murder. And she also kept the receipts from, like, her entire trip, and there's no stops in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like, she had stopped for gas everywhere else, no problem, but there was no paper trail of Arizona. So they're like, this just is enough for premeditation. Right. Like, she was trying to make it so that nobody knew she was there. So the trial went on for quite a while, and a jury actually finds her guilty, but they can't come to a decision of if she should be sentenced to the death penalty. So that jury actually gets dismissed, and they bring in another jury, hmm. and that jury also can't decide if she should be charged with a death penalty. That's pretty crazy. So then finally a judge rules, and he um, sentences her to life without the possibility of parole. Okay. 
So that's really where this ends. But um, I don't know. Some of you may know I'm obsessed with uh, Murder House Flip. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite shows. I'm actually really upset because it got taken off the Roku channel. Oh, really? I don't actually think you can stream it anywhere now, which is sad because I really liked that show a lot. But there's only two seasons. It doesn't seem like they're going to be doing it anymore. Yeah, um, I, I like, like that show too. I, did, I loved it. It was like my one of my favorite shows. Anyway, season two, episode one, they did Travis Alexander's house. Oh. Mm-hmm. And like a family bought the house shortly after his murder. I, the house was sold in like 2009 and he was murdered in 2008. Mm-hmm. So it was very shortly after his murder think i could be completely wrong on those dates don't hold me to those dates i don't know what the dates were but anyway it doesn't matter the house was bought by this family and the family bought it for like a real steal it was like forty thousand dollars less than what travis had paid for it when he had bought it years earlier right um and it all looked fantastic i mean like really you couldn't even tell anyone had been murdered there but then like the team comes in and they use like the luminol mm-hmm. and oh my god <laughs> like the amount of everywhere blood everywhere like on the baseboards on the wall in the carpet like Ugh, it was disgusting. Oh, I'm sure. So obviously they like gutted the entire thing, like redid the subfloor because that's the whole point of it is, you know, to like remodel the... To get rid of the murder. <clears throat> yeah. But I just remember when they did it, like the the wife was like disgusted. Oh, yeah. She was like, oh my God, I shower in that shower. And it was, I mean, everywhere. Yeah. I imagine. Horrible. And she's like, I mean, I clean it once a week. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's right. there. Ugh. Horrible. I just can't believe why she took these pictures with his camera. Like, that yeah. was just really stupid. So there's, like, speculation. She kind of has some narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies. So maybe, like, she wanted to be caught. I mean, narcissists think that, like, they can literally get away with everything. Right. So it's kind of like she just didn't care if they were found. And then also, like, there's some speculation that um, she liked how vulnerable he was. And, like, that she had done that to him. And, like, she wanted people to see that, like, she had done that to him because she was mad at him. Right. Yeah, I don't know either. But, like, that's not the first time that we've had a case where we've had pictures of I know, but I just deceased don't bodies. I mean, like, you literally just had one. Carrie Farber, there were pictures of her. Yeah. Disgusting. It is. Absolutely disgusting. But, yeah, it's not the first time. Carrie Farber had pictures of her. Uh, yeah. No, it happens all Robert the time, but. Beckowitz. Was that his name? Yeah. He had pictures of him. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's disgusting. I agree 100%. Okay, but you know who Jodi Ayers was now, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, I knew I knew her name. I just didn't. I told you earlier. I was like, I'm doing Jodi Arias. And you were like, okay. I mean, I knew the name, but I didn't know what I knew the name from. You knew it from this. <laughs> okay. This case. Yeah. You didn't have a lot to add today, though. I felt like this was going to be a long episode, and it wasn't. No, I didn't have a lot to add. I was too intrigued to listen. Were you? Maybe my brain is too tired yeah, to react. <laughs> maybe. All right, guys. Well, I don't know. Do we have anything else to add? I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll catch you tomorrow for day six of Podcast Miss. And we'll be half done. That's sad for you guys. You're joyful for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really hope that people appreciate Podcast Miss. I know some of our listeners do, but. I think they like it. I hope that you guys appreciate the amount of work that it takes. <laughs> Don't make them feel bad, Sarah. I'm not making them feel bad. I feel like we make it sound like we just hate it. No, I and don't hate it. only do it because it makes people happy. I do hate it. <laughs> you don't, though. Or we want to do it if we hated it. No, I'm just saying I hope you guys really love Podcastmas. I hope so. We do do it for you. But... We do it 100% for you. So I hope you guys love it and that it brings you joy during this holiday season. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Sounds so morbid. I know it does. <laughs> I hope these stalking murders make you happy. Bring you joy. No, but I just feel like podcast miss. Okay, because there's so much 
I don't know. Like when I'm getting ready for Christmas, like I'm listening to podcasts while I wrap my presents and while I like decorate my house and while I clean my house. And so I just feel like also most podcasts take a break. Right. Yeah. And like we're like hold my beer (laughs) while we put out an episode every day for 12 days. So I'm just saying I hope that you guys enjoy it and I hope that it gets you through your season, you know, with a little bit of entertainment at least yeah, something to listen to you know yeah i'm not saying i hope you know i hope you enjoy people getting murdered i mean i never enjoy people getting murdered but i do like to listen to the stories of the how? stories of the psychology and the whys and the the reasonings and the crazy defenses they come up with that make no sense none at all most mm-hmm. of the time but i'm just saying i hope that it at least gives you i just feel like most podcasts take a break right now right. i mean most of them take like a holiday break or whatever and i just feel like we are like, we're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to pump them out. Let's go. I do think we should take a break in January. You do? <laughs> Why? Because. I don't think lot. we should take a break at all. <laughs> just never, never take a break. No, I don't think we should take a break. <laughs> we'll see. I think if we want to take a break, we got to be prepared. I don't feel like we can ever just like take a break and not put out episodes. Because we'll lose our fan base. I don't think we'll lose them. I do. I think they love us too much. I don't think so. I think they'll forget <laughs> about us. Well, maybe it's a conversation for us to have we'll figure it out but all right guys i hope that you guys have a fabulous rest of your weekend enjoy this sunday and we'll see you tomorrow all right bye bye hey everyone if you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day, you can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. Wicked. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.